Hi, Jonathan. Welcome to our episode of Medallion Media. We're going to be talking about precision budgeting, and we're really happy to have you today. Happy to be here. Great. So Jonathan is the CFO of Kobe Investments, a syndicating firm out of uh, Duluth, Minnesota. And we're going to be talking a little bit about your syndication experience, as well as this amazing tool of precision budgeting. You started off by uh, a quote which says, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. You know, we want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, originally, when I was kind of uh, planning the whole the whole writing, because we've been using this, this uh, budgeting for about four years now, ever since... Um, my best friend and I, Neil Jacoby, and I, we kind of formed Kobe Investments. Um, and that, that's just kind of our way of analyzing. And um, and uh, so I started looking up some quotes and everything. It's a true quote. I mean, you have to you have to prepare for the, the expected. I mean, um, and, and, and the more prepared you are, the better you can get through pretty much any any circumstance. Well, possibly, you know, that's that's kind of a, or yeah, absolutely. But um, would you say that the majority of people who use this tool that you've created are in a much more comfortable situation financially? And that's just really what it is. Just bringing some awareness to some of the major expenses. This, this tool is not new. This tool has been used in, in institutional sized businesses for many years. And that's kind of where this whole thing kind of came from is, is, use like institutional size structure and just bring it to the mass consumers basically. Mm -hmm. um, you, I mean, when, uh, when, a, when a commercial or a huge business, um, you know, builds a, builds a plant, builds a, builds something, a manufacturing site or a building, um, they pretty much have it dialed down to a pretty good understanding of capital expen expenditures going on forward. Um, but that's not, you know, but that's just basically because they have a lot of accountants, a lot of people, a lot of finance people who really dive down and really understand a lot of, the, or, you know, I have a lot of intelligence professionals who know, who know exactly what they're doing. People getting into it, into the, the scenario, but they're led to expect that maintenance and repairs and capital expenditures are, are going to be about 10% per year. Um, and that's just kind of like the commercial, the real estate lending practices that they really do. And then also there's a lot of um, investors that really use that. And it really works out really well for most things. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you I've been doing this for about 10 years now and I've never had a year where it's been 10%. It's always been 1%. And I know it's an average, but it's, been, it's an average, but it's been like 1% it's been like 250%. Wow. Well, you, you know, you have a roof. It costs, you know, it's, it's right. So yeah, that goes to show how much it can fluctuate. Exactly. So, and, and preparing for it, preparing for the expected maintenance, um, putting it into a savings account, putting it away, or putting it into a CD and expecting, you know, to put it in for a three to five year CD and knowing when that cash can, can come out and actually really kind of dialing in your numbers can really help you out with cash flows as well. Um, but you just have to have a handle on how much, how much you're going to have to save every year. Um, it can really help you out with, with a lot of, uh, um, when you're, when you're really doing your analysis on purchasing your first house for investments or your first commercial property for, for business, uh, when you want, when you want to expand or move into your own property. And since we have a recession every seven to 10 years, I mean, you could almost be double blindsided by having 
a $30,000 roof replacement and your, your revenues are down 30, 50% the same in the same year. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, but you, you said, you know, in a recession, so you could get double blindsided. Can you talk a little bit about how this tool is, uh, just as important, if not more important in a recession environment? Everyone knows that there was there was going to be a recession that was going to come that was going to come out right. I mean, it, who knows when and who knows where and, and nobody can predict it. Everybody's been you know, uh, economists have been predicting a recession to happen for the last five years next year, right? When you can prepare for a certain repair or the expected repairs and maintenance of a property, and you can really make it almost recession resistant to where you don't have to worry about seeking out financing at a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. um, banks are really starting to start to tighten up right now. I'm sure most people are kind of seeing that, um, especially on the consumer side, they're really asking for a lot of, you know, they're making sure that everyone's still employed when they're buying a house and everything. Yeah. It's getting kind of, I mean, it's just the way it is, right? And with the recession, there's always credit tightening. Yeah. Um, banks get a little nervous, get a little scared. So they start to start to hoard cash a little bit. And if you're going to start seeking out financing for the roof or the, the HVAC, um, you might not find it. And right. that's, that's the, that's the reality of it. So if you have, um, and it, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter when you start preparing for it, preparing for the budget, um, re regardless if you buy it, if you start preparing before you purchase it or 10 years afterwards, you're still having a, a realization or, you know, you can still figure out, um, a good budget set for your particular time and in the particular future. Yeah, that's good to good to know as well. So you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a new purchase necessarily. You can nope. implement it into your current portfolio to get a better understanding of where you're at. Yep. So as we mentioned before, Jonathan, you're uh, up in the Duluth market, right? Mm -hmm. And can you talk about a little bit where you have your other properties around and uh, how you decided on those markets? There's a lot of really nice upscale apartment complexes going up. So they have that market pretty much dialed in. And then there's a lot of section eight uh, areas oh, really? in this area also. And so there's a, it's a very diverse economy up here, but we have uh, a huge healthcare sector, um, huge shipping and transport sector up here as well. Um, huge government services sector. This basically, this area kind of takes care of the whole Northern Minnesota and it's, it's kind of it kind of funnels its way over here. So there's I mean there's not just one job area, um, but the, the 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 really the point that we strive for, like the area that we really strive for, is just above Section Eight housing. Fix them up to where people uh, can comfortably live in a place, no broken windows, no broken doors, or anything, um, and we can maximize our our return on investment. Um, by really striving for that particular that niche market, the area that really they don't get any they don't necessarily get any um, any really help from the government or anything because they're not Section Eight qualified. Sure, that's a great point. And another thing I, I also wanted to touch on is, um, you know, so let's say you you've just you bought a property right, and and let's say a year ago the roof was replaced. Now you said about 20 years on, on a roof you estimate. 
depending on if it's a three tab or architectural or, or metal or clay, I mean, they're, they all have different varying, sure. their varying years. Yeah. The one, the, the analysis that I did was just a 20 year, but yeah. Okay. So in that, in that event, like, let's just say it's a 20 year and you're going to replace it. Um, in 20 years, that price that you've determined is going to cost to replace it today is going to be different 20 years from now because of inflation. Mm -hmm. And so that's also probably another common area that people don't take into account and make sure that they're, you know, putting all of the calculations in place to make sure that they can afford, you know, that cost of what it's going to be 20 years from now. Yeah. Inflation is, is, is a reality. It's been a reality for as long as money has basically been alive or been, been, been used. And so that is a, you lose, you keep a dollar in, in, in your pocket for one year, you lose typically 3% of the value of that dollar in, in your pocket. Over the course of a hundred years, it's been 3.1% inflation rate. Um, yeah. And, and so you have to adjust your dollar figure for that inflationary cost. And most people, um, understand inflation but they don't understand that they lose money by just having it sitting there um and that's and, that, and that's a reality so you um and roofing is a perfect example actually roof the cost of materials because they're mostly asphalt shingles well up here they're mostly asphalt shingles the mm -hmm. cost of materials has substantially gone up way beyond inflation sure um and and doing this whole precision budgeting and kind of really discussing with roofers and talking to them and, and kind of getting a thorough understanding of how, how to check for wear and tear on, on a roofs, how to figure out how old, how old the roof is, if they don't have like a, a, a date of manufacturing or for a replacement date or anything, um, really understanding the sheathing, understanding how to figure out exactly kind of dial in the cost, you know, precisely, basically that's what it is. And, um, they, they're saying that every single year, uh, every, I think every four years, uh, the cost of the roofs have almost doubled for the past 10 years. Um, wow. And yeah, it's a substantial increase. So you, you, you know, and if, you, if you replaced a roof one year ago, or you bought a property with a roof that's been one year, and you have, a, like, let's say you have a time frame of about 20 years, so you have 19 years that you can save for that roof. I mean, that's a good scenario, right? Yeah. Um, but that ten thousand dollar roof in nineteen years is going to turn into possibly a twenty thousand dollar roof. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Just with inflation, and you know, so if you're if you're, let's say you have an investment and it's earning five percent, you know, you're you're really having to take about three percent off of that because, mm -hmm. you know, you're just of standard inflation. And I've heard it over and over and over again, and I'm. And I'm totally fine with that, but I'm totally fine with this scenario, but I have investors telling me, oh, we'll just, we'll just sell the property, you know, after, after 15 years, right before the roof is, is fine. Um, somebody's going to get caught up with holding, holding, you know, missing the seat, you know, when you're circling around it. Sure. Um, or somebody's going to have to end up paying for it. I mean, most commercial, I guess, most commercial real estate investors hold properties for five years. Um, you're still going to have expected maintenance and repairs in that five years that you hold it. So you have to kind of figure out, um, and that's where the analysis kind of comes in. You can figure out what's going to be done in that five years. And if you're expecting to sell it after five, um, you're still going to have to kind of hold, you're going to still have to maintain it to fix it up. Otherwise you, you will lose money.
by selling it or there'll be concessions at the end of it sure and the seller is going to want to be you know or the buyer is going to want to have it fixed beforehand yep absolutely and and you for your syndication properties and other investments it's typically a, a much longer term of a hold period right syndication this the the theory on syndications is typically like a seven to i think 12 or 13 year uh, lifespan okay um, our syndication actually we made it an evergreen fund so we made it a, a forever fund because we want we have the mind we have the idea and the mindset that we're going to buy and hold these things forever kind of like the warren buffett effect with but with with instead of stocks we're buying properties sure. um there's really no reason for us for the most part to really kind of get away from uh buying and flipping and fixing and selling and stuff and 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 especially with with this particular market and the we have 11 different markets that we're going to start eyeing up pretty quickly after we kind of make this kind of proof of concept idea kind of work out um it 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 makes the most sense because these are all cash flowing markets it makes the most sense for us to hold as much money or hold as much assets as possible not flip them and basically return as much money as, as possible back to our investors um, yeah. And if you, if you budgeted properly yep. and you bought at the right price and it's cash flowing, there's no reason to dump these properties, especially if they're exactly. good markets as well. And, 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 and to be totally honest with you, um, we are uh, expecting something crazy to happen in, in the next 10 to 15 years or so with interest rates. We're not necessarily always expecting them to be at 0% interest rates forever. Yeah. Um, something is going to, have to go either direction up or down um and if they go up um there's no reason for us to sell them because that's just going to drive kind of it's going to put a lot more pressure on asset prices and and so our expectation is to hold cash flowing assets for very long period that's great i think we we really ran through some good things i hope this was valuable to the audience and so i think that everyone out there needs to make sure that they're doing their um, full due diligence and using your um, your write-up about uh, precision budgeting will certainly help people who are a little bit more new to the investment journey and are just looking for some reassurance and, and how they can like truly feel good about their expenses, CapEx, and things coming down the line. Because there's there's always that nervousness that, you know, new investors have. And so something like you know, what you've provided will certainly be a big help and go a long way for those sorts of people. That's my hope. That's exactly my hope. Great. So everybody needs to go uh, check out Jonathan on LinkedIn right away. You should go check out Kobe Investments if you're looking for some syndication opportunities. And where else can they find you, Jonathan? Uh, KobeInvestments.com is where we're uh, launching a new site pretty quick here next week. I'm sure there'll be some other opportunities uh, for you to spread the word about this great tool that you've, um, you know, made a little bit more accessible to the common investor. I hope so. That's my plan. So right before we wrap up a show, our show today, our episode, we'd like to finish off with minute of music. And today we're going to uh, talk to Jonathan and ask him a little bit about what he's got in rotation. What are you listening to nowadays, Jonathan? I really, uh, my wife and I just went to a concert uh, a few months ago, actually before this whole Corona thing is we went to a newsboys concert. Um, they're a Christian rock band. It's kind of a neat, uh, they're, they're kind of a really neat, um, 
conglomeration of like 20 years of of being in the rock and roll kind of Christian music. And nice. uh, they're doing their United tour right now, which is, I guess, the original um, uh, artist who kind of started it. And he kind of went away and they, they hired another vocal. And it's, it was kind of neat. So I'm really kind of jamming out to those guys these days. So are you familiar with uh, the movie, classic movie, uh, Goodwill Hunting? Oh, yeah. Awesome. So a song that comes to mind is a song called Soulmate by Mac Miller. And he, he takes this, this clip of Robin Williams talking uh, to Matt Damon. And he's talking about like vulnerability and, and having and finding your soulmate and Robin Williams, wife. And, and it's just such a powerful scene in the movie. And then in this song, Soulmate by Mac Miller, he takes that little clip of Robin Williams speaking and puts it in, but it's, it's very interesting. And I would de definitely recommend you take a look at that song, especially if you love the movie Goodwill Hunting as much as I do. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, so that's our, that's it for a minute of music for today. Yeah.